Hello, and welcome to Start By Listening, the podcast about sexual harm. We are centered on educating and empowering our Western Kentucky communities. Our goal is to transform the way we talk about sexual harm. Transformation begins by listening to understand. We talk so you can listen today and change the world tomorrow. Hello again, this is Terry, New Beginnings Advocacy Coordinator and Legal Advocate with Attitude. I am so glad to be back with you for another episode. The last time we met, I shared with you a brief history of the rape crisis movement in the United States. This time, I want to continue with that historical theme, but I am going to focus on the court system in the United States and how victim blaming is embedded in it. I previously introduced you to English common law and how it is the foundation of the American justice system. I want you to meet someone associated with English common law this time. So, step inside the Wayback Machine with me. We're going back in time 400 years. It's 17th century England. William Shakespeare dies. The king is Charles II. England is embroiled in civil war. London burns in the Great Fire. The bubonic plague strikes. It is a century of great strife and unbelievable suffering. And it is during this time that the law expert with arguably the greatest impact on our legal system's response to rape allegations lives. I want to introduce you to Sir Matthew Hale. Sir Matthew was born in 1609 in the village of Alderley and died in the same place on Christmas Day in 1676. Orphaned at age five, Sir Matthew was educated under Puritan principles by his guardian and eventually switched his choice of professional studies from the ministry to the law. He became an extremely prominent figure serving in numerous legal roles and being known for piety, integrity, and sober judgment. What Sir Matthew wrote and how he approached sexual assault cases affects the American criminal justice system to this day. In the massive two-volume criminal law treatise, The History of the Pleas of the Crown, he called rape a most detestable crime. He added, It must be remembered that it is an accusation easy to be made and hard to be proved and harder to be defended by the party accused, though never so innocent. He described two cases of men he believed to have been wrongly accused, one by a 14-year-old girl with supposed designs on blackmail. Hale wrote that jurors should consider, is the woman claiming rape of good fame or evil fame? Did she cry out? try to flee, make immediate complaint afterward, does she stand supported by others? As long as 300 years after Hale's 1676 death, many juries in the United States would be cautioned with his words. 
American courts called it the Hale Warning, an instruction to jurors in rape trials to be wary of the false accusation, hard to be defended and easily made. So, well into the latter part of the 20th century, juries were still being told to beware of the liar. Although it is a terrible miscarriage of justice if an innocent person is convicted of a crime they did not commit, is it not also unethical to introduce bias into the process by insinuating that the victim witness may very well be lying? The words of Sir Matthew and the warnings given to juries for so long still echo in our country today. We still hear family members of victims, defense attorneys, and others asking those same 17th century questions. Did she or he cry out? Fight back? Did they report to police? And if so, how quickly? And if not, why not? It couldn't have been that bad if they didn't report it, right? Is the victim survivor a credible person or someone who's not of good character? We have come a long way in 400 years. For example, according to research and the FBI, there is much truth in reporting of sex crimes. In fact, according to the FBI, approximately 95% of sexual assault reports are true and credible, and only about 5% are false. Although research and statistics like that from the FBI have propelled us forward, there is still work to be done to ensure that we have a trauma-informed criminal justice system, educated, impartial juries, and that we never return to 17th century practices. Sorry, Sir Matthew, but your assistance is no longer needed. If you'd like to know more about Sir Matthew Hale and the history of the American criminal justice system's response to sexual assault, check out Britannica.com and A False Report by Pulitzer Prize winners T. Christian Miller and Ken Armstrong. All of the content and much of the wording of this podcast comes from those sources. Thank you for listening. Now go out and change the world. Well, we made it to the end of our episode. We want to thank you for listening. We also want to thank VOCA for funding our podcast. VOCA stands for Victims of Crime Act. This project was supported by grant number VOCA 2020, Green River 00026, awarded through the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet by the United States Department of Justice. The opinions, findings, conclusions, and recommendations expressed in this publication, program, exhibition are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet or the U.S. Department of Justice. We also want to give a big shout out and a thank you to Seth Hedges of Uriah Wild Media. He is the amazing individual who created the beautiful music for our podcast. We thank you so much, Seth. I'm going to encourage you to go check out his stuff. He's pretty talented and awesome. You can find him at 
www.uriahwild.com. That's www.uriahwilde.com. And finally, we want to give a really special shout out to Rodney Newton for being our amazing technical advisor. He has spent several Saturdays and days throughout the week to help us get this podcast up and going. Rodney, you are our captain. And finally, we hope that you'll take something you heard today and change the world tomorrow. Join us next time on Start By Listening. And as always, please remember that New Beginnings is here for you to listen or help 24 hours a day. Just give us a call, 1-800-226-7273.